Why are police photographing our license plate? What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Good afternoon and welcome to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. And our reasonable voice today is Chris Andrews. Chris Andrews, along with Eve Annenberg, is the co-founder of the New Media Club and its Provincetown screenwriting competition. Chris grew up in the Berkshires, the cultural corridor of western Massachusetts, where he started multiple businesses with fellow North Adams native Michael Zeppieri, including, but not limited to, the Williamstown Realty Group, State Road Car Wash and Self Storage, and the Super Suds Laundromat, before hightailing it to Provincetown and becoming owner-operators of the Anchor Inn Beach House. Chris says he is living a dream in the gayest little fishing village, and that his entrepreneurial drive has allowed him to dive in the kind of life he dreamed of as a 14-year-old gay boy watching Hollywood on Rosie O'Donnell. Chris and the Anchor Inn have now met numerous artists, producers, and brilliant actors by virtue of becoming a top venue and constantly striving to supply both reliable and fun hospitality. Currently, he is exploring the similarities between event crisis control and media production and finding them nearly identical. (laughs) Chris is excited about making additional creative dreams like the Provincetown Screenwriting Competition and New Media Club conceived with his friend and sometimes business partner Eve Annenberg come true. So... Welcome to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio Program. How are you today, Chris Andrews? Oh, I'm so good. Thanks for having me, Marcello. I'm just hanging out in Provincetown today, and the sun's just about to pop out. (laughs) Well, very good. (laughs) Very good. All right. So how was uh, a weekend with the Provincetown International Film Festival on the same weekend as the Men of Color weekend? It was great. Uh, they're just finishing up the film festival. It's the 23rd annual film festival with men of color here and a bunch of other travelers from all over the world. It was a diverse weekend. It was, it's pretty intense. 
Excellent. Lots of people? Lots of people. And did both events intermingle, or how did that work? Yeah, I think, I think um, you know, we get so many different groups of people that come to Provincetown, in, and I'm sure maybe the men of color didn't know the film festival was going on, and they got to enjoy some of the great movies that were playing this week and are still playing. They're just about to wrap it up this week. What were some of the films featured? Um, you know, we were so busy. I, I only got to go to see one film, which I went and saw yesterday, which was a documentary about the first RuPaul's Drag Race winner, BB. Uh, so, I mean, there's all types of films playing. We're usually so busy that I don't get to see a lot of them, unfortunately, but I get to stream them later. <laughs> I got you. I know the feeling. I've been in that position quite a few times where I'm part of setting up the event, whatever it is, and making certain everything's okay, even my days at Juilliard. But only at the tail end of it do I finally get to go and see, okay, how was it as the as the guest artists are leaving? <laughs> so yes, absolutely. I feel, I feel <laughs> your pain. <laughs> well, I will say I saw happy people on the street, so I, it seems like it was successful. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Since you bring up people, tell us about people living and or visiting Provincetown, Massachusetts, and, and, and why do they call it P-Town? <laughs> You know, some people may seem that it's a little uh, risque to call it P-Town, but I think it's just the shortened, shortened version of what people want to call it quickly. But, you know, we get so many different groups of people here. It's, it's one of the most creative places I've ever seen. I mean, we have iconic drag queens. Uh, we have Ryan Murphy just finished filming uh, the new season of American Horror Story. I mean, we have insane creative people that are just I mean it's every day is an adventure <laughs> oh. you know that's uh, that was a great answer I was just going to ask you about Ryan uh, Murphy what is it about Provincetown that attracts so many creative people like Ryan Murphy who as you said just finished his newest season of the American Horror Story it must be a great place to shoot what is it about that place you know I, I think people come here and and we just they fall in love i mean we have great lighting <laughs> which is always always a good uh aspect for filming sure. and you know i have a funny ryan murphy story he actually used to stay with us before he bought his house here in provincetown and when him and his partner got married mm -hmm. um they happened to be staying at the hotel and I got to witness, like, dream come true of a little gay boy growing up in the Berkshires, <laughs> Ryan Murphy and his husband walking down the stairs, and Patty Lapone happened to be staying at the same time, and she's throwing rose petals at them as they walk out the door. <laughs> I mean, only in Provincetown. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, it is so grand. I just... And I've never been to Provincetown. I've been in Massachusetts a few times, but I've never been to Provincetown, but I hope to soon. What I love, though, is hearing about any place, especially in America, but any place where people can go and be themselves and be accepted, and it's not made a big deal. It's not, you know, it's not fe February, so that's love black people. It, we, how about every day? Uh, you know, yes, of the absolutely. year. You know what I mean? And Pride Month. I think it's terrific, but every month everyone should be, be allowed to be proud of who they are. Anyway, don't get me started, as they say. <laughs> uh, how did Provincetown inhabitants and or tourists react to stars shooting the second season of Hightown there? Or what, was it shot off-season? You know, it was shot in the off-season, but it, it did... Um kind of make the town bustling in a time where we weren't very busy and you know it, they shot during COVID so I mean 
to see how careful they were and appreciative they were to be able to shoot in our town. They used local talent, and it was just great to have some bustle when we normally wouldn't. I actually had free time and was an extra. Like, it was a fun little uh, experience in Provincetown. That's terrific. I wonder, um, you know, what is off-season in Provincetown, and how does it affect your anchor in Beach House business? You know, this is my 12th season living in Provincetown, and when I first moved here, the winter was pretty uh, desolate. (laughs) But, you know, it's grown. And things like Ryan shooting American Horror Story and Hightown shooting, it really has expanded our season. There's a lot more people in town here in the winter than there were 10 years ago. I I can say that for sure. Gotcha. Do you have year-round residents as well? Yes, of course you... Yeah, we do. And and that's grown too. We've had a lot of of younger people who have started to move to town and open galleries and restaurants. And, you know, it's it's getting to be a more year-round community, which um, is amazing for our little gay fishing village at the tip of Massachusetts. <laughs> you know, describe where you are exactly, because on the on the map, it's an incredible thing to see. I mean, I know it's Cape Cod, and but there's so many nearby iconic locations, and there you are sort of in the middle and out on this um, island. Is, is it an island or? Yeah, I mean, we really are at the tip of Massachusetts. You can't go any further. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Unless you're going to France. I don't know. Unless you're going to France. But yeah, you come over the bridge. It's the only way onto the Cape and and you keep going until you can't get any further. (laughs) Well, you know when somebody lives there when they call it the Cape. I love it. That's true. Uh, All right. I'll try to remember that. So I'm going to ask you a question uh, since we're being so open. Perfect. I have often wondered why gay people gravitate toward Marilyn Monroe, Rosie O'Donnell, Barbara Streisand. Is there some reason or some, I don't know, is it just, I don't know, you tell me. You know, it's a a great question, but I think it's just such a type of a fantasy or just to see how wonderful they've treated our community uh, and everyone for that matter. I mean, Mm -hmm when you look at something iconic like Barbara Streisand or Marilyn Monroe, you just see, you know, beauty and, and love. Um, it's, it's a, it's definitely a, um, a thing that people in our community strive to look, to be or see or enjoy. And, you know, we really got some of the great icons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. Absolutely. And, and, you know, uh, uh, my quick Rosie O'Donnell story and then you can tell me why you watched it at 14. But <laughs> I didn't so much watch Rosie O'Donnell. I know more about her from her few m- movies, that I, all of which I adored. I thought she was fabulous, and people should have discovered that particular talent sooner and used it more. But, but I did watch her TV show on occasion. But my real story about Rosie is that we both lived on the Upper West Side and both loved strong coffee. So we would occasionally meet, not because we were friends or that we met, we were just going to the same place, but Nathan's on 72nd Street, of course, is famous for its hot dogs. I'm a burger man myself, but but uh, <laughs> but she liked hot dogs and she liked black strong coffee, and I like strong coffee, and Nathan's had it. So we would often, you know, you're near the subway stop and all that and so forth, and, 
but occasionally we would stand there waiting for what for our orders and chit chat about various things. She was a marvelous person, very down to earth, very loving, caring, you know, very interested. And I and I even asked her at one point. I said, "What are you doing here, at Nathan's?" You know, because we always think it's like asking Glenn Close why she always goes on the subway. Well, because it's the cheapest and fastest ride in town. She told me. <laughs> but um, but but tell me, fourteen-year-old gay boy. I can't imagine what that was like. I don't know how old you are, but it's still not the easiest thing to to imagine and to live freely even now. So I'm I'm sure it was it was a challenge. What did you find watching Rosie O'Donnell? You know, it, it's funny. I also enjoy a great cup of strong coffee. I'm drinking one right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, growing up in a rural place like the Berkshires, even though we had all that great culture right around us, yes, I didn't have it to a point where I, I could go see it at a young age. So I would watch it on television, and she brought that. So yes. I would see those iconic Broadway stars like. Melissa Errico and uh, Patti Lapone and Christine Ebersol, like, and Megan Mullally. And mm. I just would run home to go see that stuff because she would provide it to be able to see all these great people. And then to actually get to meet all of those people is kind of so full circle. I, I mean, Rosie, o Rosie O'Donnell has stayed with us at the end. Christine Ebersol has stayed with us. I actually have gone out to dinner with Megan Mullally. I mean, <laughs> as, a, as a young boy, seeing that on television and then actually getting to be able to actually experience it in real life yes. is just crazy. <laughs> so, so what, especially again, I know, I don't know if I mentioned on air, but I know I've discussed it with you uh, via text. I know you're a text master. Um, <laughs> how did the road from the Berkshires to to a car wash and self-storage and those choices that you made, how did that come about? Was it just life or were you, were, I mean, what teachers that often say that the, the road to wherever you're going is not a straight path, it zigzags. And I think you are a master of that as well as texting. So how how did those things come about in your life and about how old were you when they did? Yeah, you know, it was just kind of, organic life it just progressively happened and and I wanted to make money and and do different things and that just kind of led to ending up in Provincetown on a vacation and then just like everyone else falling in love and wanting to be in a place that has that magic well you know in preparation in part for um, uh, talking to Nadine and, and Matthews and you of course, went online like everybody and looked up everything about Provincetown and about Cape Cod and about the season and the lighthouses. I'm determined that before I die, I'm going to live in a lighthouse. But um, <laughs> it's just an amazingly beautiful thing by day and night. Beautiful, beautiful place. But when you talk about the people, I think it's the kind of a mutual uh, two-way street they're going because beautiful, creative people are drawn to Provincetown, but Provincetown is also a beautiful place and the people that it brings to them. I, I, you know, what am I trying to say? Help me out here, Chris. It's, it seems to me a beautiful place attracts beautiful people, I guess is what I'm trying to say, but that's oversimplified. What are your thoughts? No, yeah, to uh, 100%. I mean, if you just look at 
some of the other places that are, you know, similar, like Fire Island or Palm Springs or uh, Mykonos or people go to those places because they're beautiful. Mm. And maybe not all of those people can travel to all of those places, but um, they might be able to get to Provincetown and and enjoy it and make that be their their place that they can feel themselves. I mean, we get a lot of all kinds of different people that when they get to Provincetown, they say that they're home. Wow. Even if it's for two days hmm. a year. <laughs> well, that's a beautiful note on which to end. So we're going to take a commercial break now. Everyone, please stay with us. We have so much more to talk about. Our reasonable voice today is Chris Andrews. He is co-owner of the Anchor Inn Beach House. He's also co-founder of the Provincetown Screenwriting Competition, the New Media Club. I mean, we have lots more to talk about. Stay with us. We'll be back with Chris Andrews in just a couple of minutes. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. Everyone knows about movie ratings, G, PG, PG-13, or NC-17. But for the average moviegoer, the Motion Picture Association of America's Ratings Board, which assigns the ratings, is shrouded in mystery. This film is not yet rated, sheds some light on that controversial process. Filmmaker Kirby Dick set out to figure out how the ratings board operates. He interviewed several notable filmmakers whose work had received ratings they perceived as overly harsh. With the help of a private investigator, he gathered intel on the members of the ratings board, demonstrating its members don't fit the guidelines set out by the MPAA itself. Dick even explored the appeals process for lowering a film's rating by submitting a cut of this one and then including in his final cut the footage from those results. This film is not yet rated is equally hilarious, compelling, and infuriating. It's definitely not a family film. The board originally rated it NC-17, but the lengths to which Dick goes in getting to the bottom of how movies receive their ratings are a dynamite watch. His exposure of the system's hypocrisy is instructive and entertaining for both the film lovers and casual moviegoers among us. This film is not yet rated, not in theaters, Discovery Through Rental. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, and our Reasonable Voice today is Chris Andrews. We've been talking with Chris Andrews. He is, by the way, the co-owner of the Anchor Inn Beach House in Provincetown, Massachusetts, and a real admirer of uh, the lifestyle and the life there. And also, he is um, a co-founder of the Provincetown Screenwriting Competition, which we're going to talk a lot about, at least in the second half of this second segment, and the New Media Club. So, Chris, before we sort of switch... Although I think for you it all blends anyway. It's not like it's two different things. It's all <laughs> marinating together. But tell me, what what's a typical day at the Anchor End Beach House? Oh, geez, Marcello. It can be... <laughs> There's easy days and hard days, and you really never know what's going to happen. It's a constant, fun battle of uh, owning a hotel. It's, mm-hmm. it's not all Bob Newhart made it out to be, but... <laughs> but <laughs> But it, it made me uh, meet some of the most interesting people I could ever imagine. And not just those great Rosie O'Donnells and Megan Mullally's, but just regular everyday people who are coming to enjoy P-Town. Uh-huh. Um, I've gone on vacation with these people. I've gone 
to birthday parties and celebrations. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really crazy to, to be able to have that kind of experience while, while also doing laundry and (laughs) (laughs) running to grab champagne for somebody who's just proposed to their partner. I mean, it's, you never know what's going to happen. So, I guess all of this leads to this next question, everything we've been talking about. Who have you and Eve attracted as inaugural board members of the New Media Club? Give us some. Oh, yeah. you know, a lot of these people are people that Eve met, either at Juilliard or at, at living in New York or just different people that, I mean, it's the most creative, diverse group of board members and judges. And we actually just had a new judge sign on for the competition, Richard Greenberg, who did Take Me Out. Mm-hmm. I mean, Anthony Jaswinski, who wrote The Shallows. I mean, we have crazy people that are just like, we never would have thought that when we thought of this project in 2016 and just kind of got busy with life and we're like, we'll do this later. And, and then, you know, COVID happened and we all had that time to like, do all the creative things that we didn't have time to before. And even I just thought, you know, all of this creativity that happened while people were home Mm. is just going to be crazy. Mm. And I mean, we have Christine Walker, who was the former CEO of of the Provincetown Film Festival. She's on the board. She did a great movie, produced uh, Howl with James Franco. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just one after another they're all so accomplished and talented and i mean irene burns who produced 30 rock oz Mm -hmm. city on a a hill i mean it's just crazy it's a fabulous group and again i have to say as i was speaking of that mutual two-way street between provincetown and everyone who comes there i have to say the same thing you guys done something right because there's a rainbow around your shoulders the old song which you're way too young to know i'm too young to know (laughs) that but i always loved old movies when i was a kid guys would be out digging up bugs and things and i was home watching movies that's what i loved but um same i have to say there you go well i have to say so why am i not in provincetown (laughs) (laughs) Um, i'll get get here eventually that's good how how um attracting all of these people this is such an amazing group of people who are involved. For instance, I didn't know Eve had been associated with Juilliard. I was too. I'll have to talk to her sometime to find out when she was there. I was the first director of the American Opera Center Rehearsal Department. And when I wow. alluded briefly a while ago about understanding your position, you know, these wonderful things come, but you, ha- you have to be the one who holds it all together and makes certain it works so everybody who's there enjoys the event that sometimes you don't get to see the event. I had that same experience when I worked at Spoleto and at Juilliard. But anyway, but how do you, how do you attribute that? It's it's not as you almost you almost, and I don't mean to be trite here, but you almost make it sound as easy as Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland saying, "Let's do a <laughs> show," you know, and they all head off to the barn. And I've always said, people, don't, don't that's not it. Takes a lot of hard work. But then you describe this, and it's like, my goodness, it's a mecca. Tell me, tell me. You know, it is a lot of hard work, and I think each in our own way, and every person that's on the board, and everyone that's involved. They've all worked really hard to be where they are, and I think it. We've all both all worked really hard as well, and I think it just is 
full circle and you just mm. all come together and, and want to find some more great things to share with everybody. I think it sounds like a bunch of people with great karma. I don't yes. want to go, you know <laughs> what I mean? Really? The arts and artists in particular, I believe, all the hard work and not everyone gets to be rich and famous, but there's but they're all working hard for the craft. And the ultimate thing I believe for artists is when my work is out there, how does it affect people? How does it impact the audience? How do they respond? Does it make life better for them? Does it make them aspire to go to Provincetown and start, you know, a screenwriting competition? I think that's what's happening at Provincetown. They're just so many people are coming there because it is, like you say, full circle. So how is it? I guess we've already answered this, but how is it owning a, a hotel or an inn in a resort town that is becoming a year-round town, attracting famous and, and unfamous guests, and but showbiz celebrities who want to keep coming back? How do, how do you feel about that? When you, when you end your day, finally you get to sit down and relax with a glass of wine or whatever, how do you feel about what your life is doing? You know, I, I feel really great about it. I feel like, you know what, we work really hard every day. And at the end of the day, when you do sit down and have that glass of wine or that strong cup of black coffee, <laughs> um, ah, yes. um, you relax for the minute you have and you get up and you do it all and over again. you do it all over again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm having too much fun. We've got to let you talk more. <laughs> Are there any updates for, uh, regarding your screenwriting competition our listeners should know about? Have any, has anything changed, deadlines or requirements and all that? You know, we, we are. We're, you know, besides us getting new people every day wanting to join in and be a part of it, you know, just with this, the film festival here in Provincetown happening, one of the board members, Matt Schwartz, was in town to see some of the films, and you know he met with a lot of people, and and there were a lot of locals who who um, want to submit a, a screenplay for the competition, and we're going to extend till the end of August for the deadline, uh-huh. um, and hope we we get a few more. You know, even I said all we need is one. <laughs> um, that's true and we have more than one so we're really excited <laughs> yes how about your readers you must have a, a small army of readers to accomplish this read the script and work it up the line until someone makes a final decision or someone some group whatever that group is how is that going Do you, you know need... what uh, we Eve decided that she was going to read the first one and that was perfectly righteous to, for that to happen uh-huh. and we're going to spread them out between all of us. I think we're all going to read some. I actually just got my first one and I'm going to start reading that this week and I think we're going to all share. All right. <laughs> and when we see one that we think uh, one person might want to read more than the other, we're going to send it over to them. Okay. That sounds good. That's a plan. Tell us yeah. more about why and when and how you and Eve founded the Provincetown Screenwriting Competition. I know you mentioned it. I mean, what was that that thing, that moment where you looked at each other? I mean, you'd worked together before? You know, we have. We uh, we met kind of uh, crazily in Provincetown. She was doing a renovation, and she walked in to the hotel and looked like she was ready to burst into tears because she broke a water pipe and was flooding her basement. Oh, God. Um, so we've, we've had a relationship for quite a while, and 
professionally and and just as friends and and we both love movies and we and we thought why not mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly I think that's what's behind all of this, uh, all of you guys, you know, Ian and, and Nadine and Eve and you. It sounds like the, your approach to life is, well, why not? You yeah, know, take you know. some chances. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So how do we find out more about Provincetown, about the screenwriting competition, about the Anchor in Beach House, your website, social media? Tell us everything. Well, we're... For the screenwriting competition, uh, everything can be done right online at newmediaclub.org. And, uh, you know, for the hotel, uh, I'm not the most social media technological person, (laughs) but we do have a website, anchorinbeachhouse.com, and you can find stuff about Provincetown all over ptown.org, and you can come and enjoy our beautiful little town. That's true. You know... We do have some more time left, Chris, and I'd like to ask you because I think it's it's clear to all everyone listening to you, and and certainly I've been thinking about it since my. By the way, the, the reason Eve called me initially is because my NBC bosses from my days on soaps called me up and emailed me some information and and told me about you, that what was going on in Provincetown and that I should talk to you guys on radio and introduce myself, et cetera, et cetera. And so I emailed Eve or emailed somebody, whatever the general email was, but but Eve called me. And it just, from there, from that conversation led to, of course, talking to Nadine Matthews on the show. And now you, we are, I think it's clear that there's more going on here. As beautiful as Provincetown is, as fantastic as the people who live there year-round and the people you bring in and the great creative energy and focus as all of those things which I love dearly I think there's something more and I hate to put you on the spot but what do you think let's put it this way what would you like us to think the most important reason to learn more about Provincetown and all that you're doing there, and visit it. What do you want us to 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 think, to realize, to come? What are we missing when we're someplace other than there? You know, it's really funny that when when you first reached out, Eve actually sent me an email and said, "NBC <laughs> <laughs> reached out and want us to do an interview for our little competition," which was just. Again, I hate to keep repeating it, but so full circle for mm-hmm. us to just even have anyone want to be involved in our what we keep calling our little competition that is now growing to be so interesting and we have such amazing people on board, you know, it's 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 not just Provincetown, but it all of these people that are involved really uh, got involved because even I met in Provincetown, mm. um, you know, so there's just such a creative energy and, and creativeness around all of the people involved in this, that even though it's not just about Provincetown, it, it really was kind of the starting point for it. So mm-hmm. we really want to include it. Well, every place has to have a, a central point. 
and I think Provincetown fulfills that for different reasons for different people. But I have to say everyone that I talk to about it, and I and you know, when I do a show, I do a lot of research. So I mean, I knew of its existence. I knew where it was. I've been to Massachusetts uh, and all that. But the more I learn about it, the more I uh, read about it, the more I talk with people like you about it, I realize America is, albeit two steps forward and one step back, let's face it, you know, Juneteenth, I mean, um, people are beginning and yet the country is so divided. We can't forget that. I mean, 40% of the people don't feel like the other 60%. And, but something is happening. And I do think, and I'll ask you this, I, don't, I break my promise, but that wasn't my last question, but maybe this will be. <laughs> I believe that the pandemic forced us to have some alone time, pretty much. And while it did produce, it seems, a great deal of anxiety for some people, and that's why we're having increase of rage on airplanes and fights over to mask or not to mask. It's just so insane, I think. But, but it also gave us pause. We're used to everything's a push button and a light switch, you know, and everything happens. And Texas and the freeze and all of that, the grid, things are happening. And I just wonder... What, what are your thoughts on that as you look at the big picture here? There are rippling effects of what you're doing, both going out from you, but coming to you as well. What are your thoughts? And I promise that'll be my last question. Uh, you know, I don't ever want to say that there's any silver lining to something like uh, what everyone just went through with yes. the pandemic and all the different things with politics and global warming. But, you know, it really did give us a pause. It gave us a minute to take take time and really feel and think what's important to all of us. Mm. And if for some person that is being creative and and for other people it's really realizing to take a step back and, and enjoy life a little bit more, those are the silver lining pieces that came out of something that everyone had to deal with the past year, year and a half. Mm. And with all the death and illnesses and overworked hospitals and first responders, all of that, all of that swirling around together. And, and here we are still creating, trying to make a better place. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. All right. We better, one more time, Chris, let us know a website for the screenwriting competition for the the new media club and for the anchor in yeah absolutely so for the screenwriting competition you can go to newmediaclub.org and for if you want to visit Provincetown and stay at a hotel uh, right on the water where the anchor in beach house and one other thing I did want to mention is one of our board members Karen Gunn who is amazing she has a limited run right now in New York at the Asylum Theater for a great little queer musical called Camp Morningwood. Ah, okay. Well, that's good to know. Excellent. All right then, Chris, this has been marvelous. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been it's been a beautiful conversation. How's that? You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I really appreciate you 
taking the time to uh, chat with me. Oh, my pleasure. Absolutely. My best to everybody, you know, Eve, Ian, Nadine, the whole gang. Oh, and by the way, when I say my NBC boss, the NBC boss who sent me was a regular producer and director, not only on the soap operas I was on, but on a number of major soap operas in New York City for many, many decades. So somebody told her about you guys and she told me, just so you know. That's Thanks the circle. that person. <laughs> and, and it just shows that the, the creative people who uh, are behind all of this made it all happen. Exactly, exactly. All right, all the best to you, Chris, and all those working with you and playing with you and all the, you know, everything that's important to you, may it all be blessed with only good things and happy times. How's that? Oh, thanks so much, Marcello. Thank you, Chris. You take care. Bye now. You too. Bye. Hi, I'm Marcello Rolando of Rolando and Dresner Productions, introducing our new musical dramedy, A Little Place Called Earth, book by Marcello Rolando, and music and lyrics by Larry Dresner. And here, from a little place called Earth, is It Will All Work Out. Music and lyrics by Larry Dresner. My life was nice and cozy With the sun around me Then I felt a raindrop And the skies were suddenly all cloudy Standing in the rain, no umbrella, no overcoat, no money. Sometimes forced to sing in a cappella before you lose your temper and your mind gets in a flurry. Just tell yourself, no, honey, never cry and never, never worry. It'll all work out. It can't rain forever. It'll all work out somehow for the better if you just keep chance to reach that grass ring. No matter what the weather, you can always sing and sing and sing. The minute I start singing, a refrain soft and mellow, a big loud band comes marching and the tuba fellow starts to bellow. I don't know what to do now. Everything's gone crazy. I don't know where to go now. My dream has gotten dim and hazy Sometimes you're dealt a bad hand But you keep on playing I know you're not a quitter Listen now to what I'm saying It'll all work out It can't rain forever It'll all work out somehow For the better if you just keep hanging on There'll always be another chance To reach that brass ring For more information, listen to our Rolando and Dresner Productions podcast on YouTube at Marcello Rolando, The Reasonable Voice. Thank you. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, The Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us in becoming one of the reasonable voices heard around the world. Missing you and us, too. 
There was little reason for my grandmama to leave her huge farm to go into town a few miles away for groceries, gasoline, farm equipment, overalls, and newspapers. Now I only go back for the funerals and do hear on the breeze what I've missed. I'm not into romanticizing the past. Believing things, for the most part, are always improving. Until G.W. and Cheney, of course. As long as what's new doesn't obliterate what's been with what's coming round the bend. I don't miss Mayberry or my slumlord friends on Shelter Island, but I do miss New York City neighborhoods, walking city blocks, and being constantly in rehearsals for something. I miss Gypsy and Heinrich, best and worst watchdogs respectively. Don't miss Dad and Mom so much as it still feels like they're here. But I do miss people who trim their trees back from power lines so when the winds come we keep our A.C. I miss hailing a yellow cab for Carol Channing, strolling Midtown with Colleen Dewhurst and chatting with James Whitmore about the next voice you hear. He said I was too young to have seen it, but while other boys my age were outside playing ball, I was watching old movies on TV. Mr. Whitmore was so proud of the fact that he had made the movie with Nancy Reagan before she met Ronnie. But I told him I would never forget what it felt like when God spoke to him on his radio. I miss that. I miss taking time to tune up with morning prayers and reel-to-reel Gregorian chant. I don't miss fast cars and curvy roads, for that's still how I relax. I miss Jimmy Stewart and Harvey. Yul Brenner and the American Original Six. Gregory Peck, whom Mom told, my son is an actor too. I never miss Florida, except when I think of hurricanes 250 miles offshore pinning me against the lifeguard chair, streaking back my hair with beach sand, my lips rimmed like a margarita glass, and the ocean some distance away lapping occasionally at my toes, as a seagull above makes no headway because of headwinds. I miss the silence that can only be heard without the din, and I miss people who understand the wisdom in that. I miss Marvine's white boots as much as our drama classes. I miss my voice lessons with Wayne and Ernie, and both the Peabody and Baltimore Opera in the days of George Woodhead and Bill Januzzi, the only man who smoked more cigarettes than my 61-year-old brother, just diagnosed with the lungs of an 80-year-old. I miss him already. For me, missing is more happy memories than sad longing. But I do miss not seeing my best friend Lance Thomas Viney. However, I don't miss the Silver Diner, his favorite dining choice. I do miss my annual trips to Europe, but it was a wonderful career that suspended them, so we make our choices. I miss dates on letters even to find telephone numbers on bills, and I miss sleeping more than five hours a night. But most of all, I miss who we were in the sixties. I miss Abraham, Martin, and John, and Bobby, too. Join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you.
Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the Donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.